Want to make your own podcast? Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super easy podcast and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. No matter what your setup is like, you can totally start creating today. Then they distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads, podcast subscriptions, and it's free. No catch at all. One of my favorite things is it offers video podcasts, which no other platform does at the moment. So I recommend you give it a try. Download Spotify for Podcasters app or just go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Glow Big with Stephanie. I'm your host, Stephanie, and this podcast is for all women. We want to inspire and empower you. We're going to bring you style, humor, entertainment, good intentions, big ideas, hope, and a little bit of sobriety in each and every episode. You can get all that and more at vibewithstephanie.com. But right now, grab yourself a sparkly water, put it in a pretty glass or a coffee and get comfy and enjoy the show. I am so grateful to have you here with me today. I am really enjoying doing this podcast and I hope you're enjoying it. It's a lot of fun and I'm loosening up a little bit. It was super nerve wracking at first. Who am I to even talk about this subject? Who am I to even use my voice? And I remember early on my voice would crack and I would just panic, just full on panic. And it felt like something some force was trying to stop me from speaking my truth and helping others. But now I feel a lot more free once you break through uncharted territory and you just do the scary thing. It just gets easier. I'm really having a good time with it. I love that I have an empty house right now and candles lit and diffusers going and just the space to kind of talk and hang out with you. So thanks for being here. It really means a lot to me. Today, I want to talk about some signs that you may have a drinking problem. And here's why. You may still be in denial because a lot of us still hold that picture of the lady or the man drinking on the side of the road, drinking out of a paper bag. And so we think, well, if we're not there yet. So we don't have a problem. Or mine used to be, I don't drink in the mornings. So I don't have a problem. So I bet you, you have something, some idea in your brain about what it looks like to have a problem with alcohol. And if you don't have that, then you think you're fine. So I'll share a couple of clues. I've got 10 of them that you can use as kind of a guiding light or a stepping stone, or maybe just a little sign that you may want to take it easy on the alcohol. And there's different levels of alcoholism too. There's alcohol use disorder, which is kind of a new label that they've given it, which doesn't necessarily mean you're a full on alcoholic, but you're definitely abusing alcohol and yourself. And you're probably paying the price in one way or another. If you do find yourself in one of these, don't panic. There's tons of support. I have support groups, ebooks with tips, tons of TikToks that I do with tips, YouTube channels, the Sober Up to Glow Up program, all the things. But if you look around, there's a huge sober community out there as well. And this does not mean your life is coming to an end. To acknowledge and accept it is actually the beginning of all the good things. I know that when I 
first started thinking, man, I really have to get sober. I thought everything was going to fall apart after that. I was like, this is it. As soon as I acknowledge I've got a problem, everything's going to go to hell. And it's just not true. Everything gets so much better once you just accept it, acknowledge it and get on a plan for what you're going to do to stop and to stay stopped or to try to moderate if you're that lucky. I was never that lucky to be able to moderate. So I just had to stop altogether. So here we go. Number one, and these are not in any particular order. These are just some things you can look out for. Number one, you wish you could moderate. You wish you could just have a couple drinks, but you always end up drinking more than you want. You say, I'm not going to get drunk tonight, but you go out and get drunk. Or you say, you're going to go have one beer and you end up having all the beers. You lose your debit card. You end up having to take an Uber home and you just didn't moderate. So you keep breaking promises to yourself. And not only does that suck in the sense of your drinking and all of that, but what it's doing to you internally is going to last a long time. Your self-esteem, every time you break a promise to yourself is going down and down and it makes it even harder to fight whatever you might be fighting, which in this case, it's trying to drink less, but your self-esteem is so low, you keep breaking promises, you drink more because you feel like crap and it is a never ending cycle. The good news is that your self-esteem pops back with a quickness. It comes back so nice and so quickly once you quit drinking because day 15 when you're done drinking and you haven't broken a promise to yourself and you've never made it this long, you're all of a sudden trusting yourself again and talking nicer to yourself and you're being kinder to yourself and your self-esteem makes a comeback. So it's a really good thing when you finally just stop breaking that promise to yourself. So number one, when you keep telling yourself that you're going to moderate, you're only going to have a certain amount of drinks. You're not going to get drunk. You're not going to make a fool of yourself. You're only going to drink beer from now on, whatever it is. If you keep breaking those promises and you're not moderating, then you can start to tell that it's a problem because people that can moderate can only have one or they can have none and it doesn't affect them at all. Number two, Deep down, you feel ashamed of your drinking. If you've never expressed it to anyone before, but you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I can't believe I did that to myself again. And it's bringing your vibes way down. Then you may have a drinking problem. I remember not acknowledging that feeling for so long. I mean, years and years went by where I would wake up in the morning. And even if I didn't have that much wine the night before, I felt so icky and disturbed and kind of dirty feeling and just really wishing that I could stop. Then some mornings I would wake up and the feeling was even worse. Like, what did you do last night? I can't believe you do this. And even if you don't drink a lot, you probably wake up at three in the morning after you had some alcohol with anxiety and a weird feeling. So if you're waking up feeling like that, I can promise you that there's a way out and you don't have to feel like that ever again. Number three, you worry about running out of alcohol. So this was me. I always had my eyeball on the next several hours. So if I knew I was going to go to a movie or go to a girlfriend's house or go wherever, I always had alcohol with me, but I also I didn't want to stop at the grocery store buzzed. So I would have to make sure that I would go get wine before I went out so that I would have it in my car or at the house when I got back. That's quite a bit of pre-planning to have alcohol because when I got back from drinking, I would know that I would need more wine to just bring it down. So worrying about running out is a problem. People that don't have a problem with drinking don't care if they don't have it. They don't care if the alcohol sits in their refrigerator for days and weeks and months. But if you're worrying about running out, then it might be an issue. Number four, you Google things like 
am I an alcoholic? <laughs> or how bad is alcohol for my liver? Or what is fatty liver? Or does alcohol cause high blood pressure? If you're Googling anything about alcohol, then you might have a problem with alcohol because normal people don't aren't, they're not spending their time looking up alcohol facts. Number five, you're watching and getting annoyed about how everyone else is drinking. This was me too. If I had a girlfriend who, and I notice it now because we go out to dinner and she'll have one glass of wine and I have no glasses of wine, but had I been drinking, I would have had wine before I left my house. I would have had wine in the car. I would have had two glasses of wine at dinner to her one. And I would have wanted to drink after I would have said, let's go somewhere else and drink. And then I would have come home and I would have drank more. So I would get annoyed at my friends who only drank one glass or would leave wine in the bottom of their glass. What is that all about? I remember kind of on the outside looking in at myself when we were standing up, leaving a table, I would slug the last sip of my wine and everybody else kind of left the last sip on the table. And it would just annoy me that nobody else drank the way that I did, or nobody else was drinking as fast as I was, or nobody else got as drunk as I was. And I was annoyed by that. And it just means I had a problem. So keep an eye out for that. If you're waiting for people to hurry up and drink and you're just kind of, you know, waiting for them to order another one so you can hurry up and get your other one. It's just something to look out for. Number, I've lost what number, number six. You drink to cope with your feelings. Do you drink when you're happy? Do you drink when you're sad? I mean, anything would trigger me to drink. Any kind of emotion. The phone ringing. A, a certain girlfriend of mine who would call. I would feel like smoking a cigarette and drinking as soon as she even sent a text message. So if you're drinking to deal with any feelings at all, it's usually a sign of alcohol misuse because we should be able to cope with our feelings on our own and not use alcohol to do that. Number seven, you like drinking alone. So do you remember a time back in the day when we didn't drink alone? We only drank on the weekends when we went out. And then I started going out less because I got older and I had a job. So then I started bringing wine home and I would drink one glass of white wine and make myself dinner. And I felt very adult and very classy. Then I started drinking more and more and more and it picked up and I would be drinking alone. So then I didn't really have to go out as much. And I remember kind of deciding I'm not going out anymore. I'm only going to drink in a home, a home of my girlfriend or a home of myself. And then I just kind of was always drinking alone. It was rare that I would drink with somebody. Very weird how quickly, I mean, it was over the span of 10, 20 years, but seriously, in the end, I just really preferred drinking alone. And that is a sign of a problem. Social drinkers can drink normally and really prefer not to drink alone. Number eight, you have to do major damage control the morning after. How many times have you had to go find your debit card, find your car, apologize to friends, clean up broken glass, clean up red wine spilled everywhere, cigarette burns, just devastating things that happened in your life while you were drinking that would have never happened if you had been sober. Damage control is a big sign. If you're having to run around and make an apology tour and feeling just like your whole world is caving in, then that's, that's a sign. You got to take a look at it. Even if it just happened once, like still take a look because it'll probably keep happening and it's going to become more and more frequent.
unfortunately. All right, number nine. You get annoyed when your drinking is interrupted or you find that you're planning your life around it. So that was me too. I used to smoke a lot and I didn't want to be near my little boy when I was smoking. So when he walked out, I kind of shooed him away and I felt really annoyed when that was being interrupted. I would often say, oh, it's after five o'clock. I'm not going. I never drove after dark because I was always too buzzed. I was so stuck in this bubble and planned my life around drinking and when I could drive and what I could and couldn't do. So that's a problem. Final number on the list. Number 10, blacking out. There are a lot more signs, but I just wanted to keep it at 10 to keep it simple. But blacking out is a big one. It is so dangerous for your brain to literally shut off any recollection. So those are the top 10 things you need to look out for if you are trying to determine whether you may or may not have a drinking problem. If you do, if any of these resonated with you, we're here for you. I've got the support group, Sober Vibes with Stephanie. There's Sober Up to Glow Up, which is a 30-day program that I lead you through. It's every single day what to expect, what you're going to crave. We work on your mindset, yoga poses and techniques that calm you down and get rid of anxiety and all the good things. Just really taking care of yourself and getting you through those first crazy 30 days. There's my TikTok, which always has tips. There's an ebook in my bio. So there's tons and tons of support. I don't want you to panic. If I can quit drinking, you can absolutely quit drinking. I can't wait to chat and see what you think about this podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for hanging out with us today at Glow Big. We hope you're leaving feeling empowered and happy and ready to take on the world. Check out the website, vibewithstephanie.com. You'll get info on everything from fashion to sobriety. And for extra support on sobriety, check out vibewithstephanie.com slash sober. Have a great day.